Why do we cut down trees and put lights on them? How did a tropical plant become a winter holiday icon? And what does a parasitic plant have to do with Christmas romance? We look at holiday plants and their heritage on this episode of Garden Time. Garden Time is brought to you by Capital Subaru in Salem, Oregon. At Capital Subaru, we value your time, whether you're here for service or working with our amazing sales team. Everything is right here for your convenience. We offer a great selection of Subarus, an industry-leading service center that keeps you moving, and so much more. And right now, during the Subaru Share the Love event, Subaru will donate $250 for every new Subaru vehicle sold or leased from November 17th through January 3rd. Feel great about your new Subaru and be a part of something special this holiday season. It's always your time at Capital Subaru, your way on the parkway. Welcome to the Garden Time Podcast. We're based in the Pacific Northwest of the United States in a Zone 7 region. This deals with plants that can survive at approximately zero degrees Fahrenheit or warmer. I'm producer Jeff Gustin with your hosts, Judy Alaruzzo and Ryan Seeley. Welcome to Garden Time and uh, thank you again to Capital Subaru in Salem for sponsoring the podcast and video. Um, today, we are in the holiday season and today we're going to talk about heritage. Why do we cut down trees and drag them in our house? <laughs> Why do we put tropical plants like poinsettias in our house during the holidays? We're going to try to answer some of the, those questions and get in a little bit of the history. So um, there's a lot that we need to cover. So we have, each have notes here to uh, talk about. So if you see us looking down, it's because there is a ton <laughs> right, to cover. A, so Ryan, it, uh, you were stuck quite by... Memori memorizing yeah. all no, 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 you know, no, no. I think we'll, we'll start out with kind of kind of the biggie, you know, the, Christ, the Christmas tree. You know, that's the quintessential look, look for Christmas. You know, and long before, you know, the advent of, of Christmas, you know, plants and trees that remained green year round, you know, had a kind of a special place in the meaning of, for people in the winter, just as they do to decorate their homes today for special seasons, you know, they're bringing in pines and firs and trees into their house. You know, the ancient people, you know, hung evergreen boughs over their doors and windows. In many countries, you know, there was believed that the evergreens would keep away the witches, the ghosts, and the evil spirits. You know, going back to like the ancient Egyptian times, you know, they worshipped a god, god called Ra. You know, and this god was, you know, had a, wore a sundress, and at the solstice, he would recover from his illness and would have these evergreen palm trees in his in his house. You know, then the kind of the early Romans, you know, marked the solstice with a feast, um, and the honor of Saturn, and you know, the god of agriculture. And so the Romans knew that the solstice meant that soon the farmers and the orchards would be green and fruitful. And to mark the occasion, they decorated their homes and temples with evergreen boughs. And then in Northern Europe, the, the Druids and the priests of the ancient Celts would decorate their temples with evergreen boughs as a symbol of everlasting life. Just interesting. So all these, uh, you know, it's amazing because all these different cultures the darkest days of winter were looking for life right, right. and, and they're sure. bringing and these evergreens were something that still had something that they could bring in and in worship so you know now we go into kind of germany is kind of credited with you know looking at the starting of what the christmas tradition is is now of in the back in the 16th century you know when devout christians brought in decorated trees into their homes you know some built christmas pyramids out of wood and decorated them with evergreen candles because wood was scarce, um, and it was widely held to believe that Martin Luther, you know, the 16th century Protestant reformer, first added lighted candles to his 
to his tree. He was out um, walking the streets amidst the winter evening, composing a sermon, and he was in awe of the brilliance of the sparkling twinkle, twinkles in the sky and the stars. And so he wanted to add that to his evergreen to give him from that. So then, you know, fast forward to you know, the early 19th century, you know, the custom became popular against the, amongst the nobility and it spread throughout the, you know, the royal courts, you know, to bring, start these traditions as far away as Russia, you know, and decorating the churches and homes of, with evergreen was kind of long established. So the customs of decorating an entire small tree was known, was unknown until Britain and, you know, a couple centuries ago. And so, and now, so the, uh, I think I remember the queen <clears throat> came from Germany. So she brought it. And she brought some of those traditions, and then they kind of embellished. Yeah, yeah and then just kind of keep keep adding to it. And, you know, and the first decorated tree, uh, Christmas tree, can be traced back to 1510. Whoa. Wow. Um, back in Latvia, you know, and every evergreen trees have been used for thousands of years to celebrate winter, winter festivities up until then. So now we fast forward, you know, and now we're looking, you know, we're here in Oregon and. Oregon just happens to be one of the top producing Christmas tree producers in the, in the United States. Um, you know, next are North Carolina, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin are all big, big tree producers. Um, and Oregon grows more Christmas trees than any other state. It's 31% uh, of, of the Christmas trees are coming out of, out of wow. Oregon. And we just wow, were talking about big. it. Yeah. Um, before Thanksgiving, <clears throat> we see trucks that are full yeah. of trees that are going to, that are being shipped, so they mm -hmm. have to be cut now. Right. Um, so that they can go. And they're, and they're oh, being, they're being shipped, shipped all over the world. All over right. the world. So, so they're Japan, Japan, South America, Central they're going America. And they're uh, down into Mexico and Hawaii and places, places, amazing, places like that. You know, yeah. And over you know, 4.6 million Christmas trees are, are cut and harvested out of, out of Oregon every year. Yeah, so really, when you the, visit Oregon, you can see the Christmas tree fields. And it's really fun to go watch them. Because you see them that, you know, the different ages of them, the little baby ones, and then the ones that are going to be cut for that Christmas. Yeah, and you know, a majority of them are growing here on the western side of the state because it's you know the good climates here in the in the Willamette Valley. You know, and we typically grow Douglas fir, Noble fir, Fraser firs, and some Nordman. Yeah. Now we're fresh. not passing judgment on everlasting trees no. because they you know some sure. families right. prefer. Mm -hmm. um, we're just talking about the heritage, um, and those can last for a long time. People say you know you buy one you don't have to cut down a tree. But when you get rid of it, eventually it's going to add more waste to this, uh, the waste stream. But if you do cut down a new tree or you get one in a lot that's cut, what are some yeah, of the things? There, there, are, there are some care that you, yeah. you want to take there. You know, if you've done a live tree in the past, you know, it, can, it can dry out. So you know, the main, main tricks with the, with the Christmas tree is once you get it, either if you've pre-cut it or bought it on the lot, once you get home, put a fresh cut, you know, like a little half inch or so off, off the bottom. What that does is it opens up the, the pores in there, and so it allows the tree to start sucking up water. And so once that tree dries out, if it ever dries out, that seals up again and will not reabsorb water. So if you, once you let it dry out, don't. So make sure so make that you sure. Make, make sure you don't let it dry <laughs> and out. those first couple of days, it's going to be pulling oh, a lot so of water. A lot. Yeah. Right. So, so you need to be check, checking yes. it daily. Make sure you have a good right. re reservoir. You know, there's lots of tricks on as far as, you know, do a, add an Alka-Seltzer yeah. or some, you know, 7-Up or something to the water. I've never done that. Never had an issue. Yeah. I just yeah. use plain water. Plain in fact, water. Yeah, the experts <laughs> say the very first time you put it in, you should do it with warm water. So if it does oh. seal mm -hmm. up. Um, the warm water will help get rid of that right. sap, keep, keep, keep and it so open. it keeps it open. And um, I was reading the experts saying that a lot of times, if you add stuff like soda, 
um, you know, pop, whatever we would call or it. Bleach, I think. Bleach or yeah. something like that. Aspirin. Sometimes um, it'll promote uh, a growth. And so you get a bacterial growth, which isn't good for it. So just plain water is sometimes the best. But um, once again, that fresh cut. Yeah. Right. And he should know, because <laughs> if you live in the Lake Oswego area of, of Oregon, um, you should go down because you're that, the scoutmaster of the troop. That's right. Down, down at the George Rogers Park in Lake Oswego. Is the, the kind of support the scouts. And yeah. we do a big tree lot down there. So we'll have you know trees and reeds. And, and we've been doing that for over 75 years down, down in Lake Oswego. So it's a great, great tradition, speaking of traditions, to come down and get a tree. Definitely. Excellent, excellent. Um, so Judy, what, what do you what have to talk about? Well, since we're on the subject of greens, we're going to talk about wreaths. And wreaths are also Christmas greens. And this is a beautiful wreath. Um, I love it because it has the noble fir on it, which are those beautiful uh, points on it. It has pine cones. It even has some um, juniper berries on there. And um, it, yes, juniper berries. Yeah. And um, I just think that they're lovely on your front, front door. It's such a welcoming thing. And the symbolism is really there. It's a symbolism, again, like we had from our ancient, ancient mankind about the hope of um, the future, of the spring coming, and also the circle of infinity, and that goes to Christianity. Mm -hmm. um, so really, it's bringing a lot of different of those ideas together on that beautiful wreath that is more, the history is more than just beauty. Yes. And you can get them in various styles and mm -hmm. colors. And in fact, there are a lot of local independent garden centers, maybe even in your area, where you can go and make these. Yes, yeah, so and of they fun have too. classes, mm -hmm. or they will have the materials. And I, we're here at Al's uh, Garden and Home, and you have a, um, a lot of reeds here, okay. but you have yeah. the cut mm -hmm. greens, so people can actually come and get their own materials to build their own wreaths. Yeah, or sure. you know, and there is, you know, there are some products out there that if you are worried about them drying, drying out. Um, that you can kind can kind of seal them. They're right. something called wilt stop or wilt proof. It's an anti-transparent that prevents the moisture evaporating out of the leaves. Just kind of puts a little little sheen on there. So there are some of those that you can use on some of your cut cut greens if you're worried about them drying. Right. Out you could even do your Christmas tree before you decorate it. And it's it's pine sap, so it's not any bad chemical. It doesn't smell bad. Right. It actually smells more like um, evergreen. So um, and it dries clear. It doesn't dry tacky. So. Um, your tree, if you forget to water it, it'll stay much more fresh. And it, the key is, is once again, that transpiration. You don't want those things drying out because mm -hmm. unlike Martin Luther, we do not <laughs> recommend that you use an open flame, an open flame near your, unless it's a family tradition and you have your own rules. But um, these things can dry out very fast. Even if they still look green, they can be very flammable. So uh, if you use a wilt stop uh, from Bonite or any of the other products out there, you want to make sure you use it correctly and continually check for that needle drop. So that'll be your big key right. as to whether the, it's right. safe to have inside or not. So um, yeah, we, we always give a fresh cut to our tree and make sure our wreaths are fresh yeah. from uh, the Boy Scouts That's and right. like us yes. we go. So Thank you, yeah. Um, what do we have next? Oh, mistletoe. Yes. So mistletoe, I mean, I, if you're out and about, if you're hiking around, you'll see it up in the top of tree crowns. And you can kind of see it. It just kind of looks funny up there. It doesn't look like leaves. It doesn't look like stems. But that's mistletoe up there. Is that a parasite? I it, mean, it, it does feed off of the plant. Okay. Um, I think that it's, it takes a long time to kill that tree. But um, that's where it usually grows. And so does mistletoe have history? Man, it's like I have a whole page on just mistletoe. But it went back to like the Druids.
Druids in ancient times, and um, they would use it for some of their fertility rites, and uh, they have the white berries on it, and so there's all that kind of information about it. And then it went into um, every, it seems like every culture had something to talk about about mistletoe. So it is found all over the world. Um, and so Romans had it, um, and it's, they associate many different um, aspects, peace, love, understanding, and hung it over doorways. And so that's what we do, right, for kisses, but that comes later. But they used it to protect the household. To protect right? it, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So it, it's kind of gotten very changed <laughs> in later years. Um, and then in the Christian era, they used it to, again, protect against um, bad spirits, evil spirits, witches, um, and demons. And so that was also hung so that you prevented those bad spirits coming in the house. Um, but then, some of the Middle Ages, um, it kind of changed and it became part of the Christmas celebration, maybe because the winter winds brought it down and it's like, here's this interesting plant, let's use it for decorations. Um, and so, then the kissing starts. And so, you know, many years ago, many, many years ago, everyone was very proper and proprietary and you never kissed anyone unless you were married to them or it was your mom and dad or maybe aunties and uncles. So if you needed to kiss someone, you could do it under that mistletoe. <laughs> it was okay. It goes back to that whole love thing yeah. you know, from the Druids yes. and, and the Romans. So I, I don't understand about the picking of the berries because there was one tradition where every right. time you kiss somebody, you pulled one of the white berries off. And I'm like, yeah, so you always look for one with lots of berries, right? <laughs> yeah, so. lots of kisses. Um, but I don't understand that because it is a poisonous. Oh yeah, I think I don't even point. want to touch the berries. Yeah. yeah, you make sure that the kids don't get them or animals get them because they're very poisonous. Right, yeah. So it's funny that a poisonous plant can be about love and kissing, right. so it's and, kind and of funny. Parasitic. Yeah. And parasitic, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you know, it comes, every culture, the Norse culture has it about Odin's son, um, all of the gods and goddesses there, there's another story there. So I think that the main idea is here is have it in your house. Um, I think that we can give hugs and kisses to people that you love and, and just bring that joy of the season yeah. to your home. After so many, uh, the last couple of years of avoiding contact, yes. Yes. Right? this is one where it's you tough. can actually, it encourages you to do that. Definitely. So um, next. So Holly, so okay. Holly Yvonne, you got a couple, couple down there and Judy's got a branch here covered in the red berries. You know, Holly is kind of the common name. It's all called English Holly or the botanical name is Ilex aquifolium. So Ilex is the botanical name for, for Holly. It's a large kind of genus of plants where there's lots of different varieties of Holly that you'll go find. So when you're in the garden center, you can <laughs> find many, many varieties. So this one happens to be the green foliage with lots of red berries. This is the common English Holly. And then right next to it, we have a wreath, beautiful wreath made out of a variegated holly. Yeah, so the variegated, well. the green, green and white, white leaf. That's you know the holly and the and the red berries have also one of those have been around for a very long time, um, dating back to um, you know pagan cultures, going all, all the way back that far. And it was a kind of a signature plant in the early formal gardens prized by the Victorians and valued for its tolerance to produce. Um, for pollution in industrial areas because it's a very durable plant. So they would plant these to kind of help with help with produce, uh, pollution. And then it's also, it's incredibly versatile. So, you know, sometimes, you know, superstition, magic, and myth surround Holly's deep pagan roots, which I found was kind of interesting. Um, the, the Romans would bring the evergreens into their home during the winter because they believed they would keep the ability to keep their leaves was magical and it would assure them of a of a spring that was coming. Oh, 
because yeah. it would hold it on. Well, there. it did. It, it is a very, it very oh thick leaf. Yeah. It is a very thick leaf, mm-hmm. and it holds on there. It does not drop off very easily. No, you know the it's berries drop. The berries drop it's easier. It's like a waxy right. covering on right. the Right, and, and it's and right. it's kind of thorny. You know, they're your crown crown of thorns, yes. um, yeah. which would be coming coming from there. So, you know, it's uh, in Christianity, the holly was adopted as the symbol of Christ. Of thorns. Because the the red berries uh, yep. represented the drops the of blood. The crimson berries, yeah. yep, the symbol of his blood, and the evergreen is a metaphor of life after death. Excellent. So a question for you, because we talked about the uh, the wilt stop um, on Christmas trees and, and greens. There are some plants that don't always react well to uh, these anti-transpirants, um, and I believe holly is one of those. Holly is one of those. So mm-hmm. we've, I've had uh, tried them out in the past, and sometimes it can almost do more damage to the holly will turn the foliage black, make the, make the berries drop off. So like Judy was saying, I think it's made out of more of like a pitchy kind of set. Yeah, substance. so that makes sense. So st- stick with your evergreen mm-hmm. uh, trees, like your, um, your, your needled kind of things. Yeah, furs with, and furs and, with, yes. with mm-hmm. that and right. stay away from your evergreen, broadly right. evergreen nice. kind of trees like your hollies. Cool. cool. Um, so you know what, let's uh, take a break. Okay. And uh, so we can read up on our notes for the next group of plants that we're going to talk about. So uh, we're going to listen to a message from Capital Subaru in Salem. And when we return, we'll talk about Christmas cactus. We'll talk about poinsettias. And we'll talk about a few of the other traditions that you may enjoy in your home. We'll be right back. Start your new Subaru story at Capital Subaru. We are like nothing else in Oregon. From the moment you step through these doors, you see it, you feel it. We do things differently here. Our people, our culture, our customer experience. And right now, during the Subaru Share the Love event, Subaru will donate $250 for every new Subaru vehicle sold or leased from November 17th through January 3rd. Feel great about your new Subaru and be a part of something special this holiday season. Capital Subaru, your way on the parkway. And welcome back to Garden Time. We are talking about uh, Christmas heritage and how it relates to plants. So uh, why plants we use in the house at this time of year. Um, and next on uh, the hit parade is the <laughs> poinsettia, which or poinsettia, depending on where you're from. Right. Um, and so what is the deal with bringing a tropical plant <laughs> into the coldest parts of the country this time of year? Well, but don't they look festive? They're don't fantastic. they look like a party? Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. colors, I mean, the original colors are a, a color of red and the plants are native to Mexico and they're blooming in Mexico at the time so um, I think this um, Joel Ponset who in the 1820s was an ambassador to Mexico and he saw it and got really excited about it and he was a little kind of amateur botanist and so he decided to bring some cuttings home and so he started to to um, bring them back to the United States and then there's the Eki family out of California that ran with it and they're the ones really responsible in the 60s of making it a household uh, tradition mm-hmm. of a plant. And, you know, I think in the 60s they did not look like this. <laughs> I think that the breeding is just incredible because the flowers, if you see the native plant, the flowers are very tiny. They're not very interesting. It's a big rangy plant. And so they've really made it into a beautiful plant that we can enjoy in our house or as gifts. 
and um, at Owls they grow really gorgeous ones. Um, it's so many, like 35,000. Yeah, but 30 varieties or 20 30 varieties. varieties. Yeah, well, like you know, that, yeah. there's 15 different shades of red. Yes. Because, yes. you know, there's different shades of red. Yeah. And um, so, you know, there's from like the burgundy red to a true red to um, that one in the uh, far side there, that little one is called tapestry with a variegated leaf. Um, and then this new one that's called Jodor that actually has three different colors in that pot. Yeah, so they you right. just planted three, three different, different types plants. of plants. Three different plants, and, right. And a lot of garden centers are doing that now. You mentioned the flowers, and I think this is what throws people. Oh, is that the what you're looking at, oh, yes. You're looking at the, uh, a leaf that's changing colors. Exactly. The flowers are the little tiny, tiny, tiny yellow right. Right. centers. Right in the, right in Those the center. Those are the flowers. Everything else is just the, the bracts, bracts or leaves as, right. as people may know them by. So um, for owls and for people that are growing them up here, they don't just grow like this. You don't just order them. You oh have to make allowances for light control. When does that all start? Well, the, actually the cuttings come um, in June. The hottest time of the year, we're starting these plants and it's a long crop, that's five months, you know, because yeah. now it's November. Um, and so they come as little baby plants. And so we have to act, trick them into coloring up for the holiday season because our days in, up here in the north area, we're at the 45th parallel, we have long, long days and they don't start to color until the days get short. So in the greenhouses, we have to put black cloth over the crop. So it's an intensive, intensive And that's labor. in October, September, Yes, right? in September. Yeah. And so to get them to be beautiful for our customers. So it's just, it's a beautiful thing. It's a science project every year. Yep. Um, but they're and they're easy plants everyone gets so panicky about how do i keep it you know i have mine until valentine's i always get a red one so that i have yeah. a red one for valentine's <laughs> but it's a it's a tropical plant so not too cold of a dra no drafts not a cold area make sure that your house is temperate not near the fireplace it, it can't be by the fireplace or the heat register um, a nice bright window, they mm -hmm. need some light. It's a living plant. And with the soil, the soil moisture, not too wet, not too dry, don't let it sit in water. Yeah. And then yeah. we figured out, I think what's killing them the most is people go shopping. And so they stop at the garden center and they get their poinsettia at nine o'clock in the morning and it sits in the car all day. Mm. And it's wow. cold in most places, right. it's cold in the car. So it, it doesn't do it any favors and you take it home and it's dead the next day. So make it your um, poinsettia um, shopping the last stop of the day. And you, we were talking, you talk about watering and a lot of them come in those decorative foils yes, or right. pots and you want to take them out and water them and then replace them into the pot because otherwise that foil just holds that water uh, and yeah. it becomes a, a pond. It, we were talking about heritage and there's a story about poinsettias about um, a little girl wanted to yeah. make a gift um, to the Virgin Mary at the church, correct? And I love yeah, that story. Yeah. I think it's such a sweet story and it's it's a Mexican story because they grow in just in the wild there. And so she wanted to bring something to, um, to adore the nativity. And so she was just, um, she was talking and she was thinking about it and an angel came to her and an angel said, well, just gather something and bring it to see uh, the Virgin Mary and Jesus. And so she picked up some weeds and one of the weeds was a poinsettia. And so she brought it and um, the story goes on from there. And so that's why it's kind of linked to um, the Christmas tradition too. So Absolutely. I just think it's a sweet story. It is, it is. And, and so many of these stories are linked to religion and mm -hmm. to um, the time of year, not just the, the change of seasons, but to that birth of Christ. So um, 
Next we have, you know, so yeah. we're talking about flowers, you know, amaryllis. Mm. And so amaryllis are one of those. It's, you know, it's a large, it's a large bulb. It's, you know, size it's, of, it's about, you know, the size of your fist or bigger, you know, puts up a long flower spike, typically red. We are starting to see some, some other colors, but there's kind of some in interesting lore I'll read you here. So, you know, the Greek lore tells of a shy maiden named amaryllis who fell in love with Altio, a shepherd endowed with the strength of Hercules and the beauty of Apollo. Her affections unrequited, and Amaryllis sought consult with the Oracle of Delphi. And following the Oracle's advice, Amaryllis wore a dress in maiden's white and waited outside Altio's door for 30 nights, peering her lovelorn heart with a golden arrow each night. Altio fell in love with the maiden when he discovered her surrounded by the beauty Amaryllis's flowers on his doorstep. Aww. So the blood from her love Made the flowers. Made the flowers. Aww. I don't know. There's yeah. got to be an easier way of doing it. <laughs> Sorry. So then you go back to you know, the Victorian times when the amaryllis symbolized strength and determination. Mm -hmm. And then due to its kind of its tall height and its sturdy, sturdy stalk. And then over the you know, last years, several years, you know, amaryllis have become you know, increasingly popular. You start seeing, seeing a lot more mm -hmm. of those. Uh, kind of due to their willingness to bloom indoors during during those winter months, yeah. and so now you find them in in garden centers, and you know here at Al's we have you know little kits that come with with a pot and soil and a bulb they can plant it up and put it in your windowsill and watch it bloom. You know you even have them now where you just take the bulb, you don't even have to pot it up. It's dipped in <laughs> wax to seal it. You know it's covered in a cute little you know either glitter or some decorative thing. You just sit it in your windowsill. It blooms. Um, most of them now, you just kind of dispose of them when you're yep. done, enjoy right. the blooms, and, right. and get a new one for yeah. next year. It's kind of like the poinsettia. You can yes. take care of it, and it can survive, but, but at what yeah. the cost? At what right. cost? So, Come I mean, back to a garden yeah. center. We actually, uh, a couple of years ago, we uh, took our amaryllis out for the season and left it on our deck. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, in August, it shot up a bloom stock, and we had beautiful oh. amaryllis <laughs> bloom <laughs> in the middle of summer. And of course, you know, then you're supposed to cut it back and, and winter um, or cold treat it right. in your refrigerator, and then it'll supposedly bloom again. Didn't that? Yeah, no. because that's that, 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 that sounds like it kind of lost all its energy just blooming right. for us right. in the summer. So. And there's lots of information online if you do want to keep it over every mm -hmm. year because they're beautiful. And it's like sometimes it's a good challenge. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so uh, I noticed right One in front more. of us, yep. we have cr Christmas cactus. And we don't want to get into the whole thing about, <laughs> no, that's not a Christmas cactus. That's a Thanksgiving cactus. And there's different varieties. Yes, we know that. So we're just talking about um, the fact that we have a cactus that can bloom during the holidays, Definitely. which yeah. a lot of people are like going, really? Yeah, and, and the exactly. fact that it's... Um, you can take it outside during the summer and it loves it. It brings it inside during the winter and it'll bloom and yep. it's wonderful. So yeah. what about the Christmas cactus? So, it, you know, there is in lots of information online. To, if you want to get it down to dates, you know, I have to do it this many weeks before Christmas to get them a Christmas cactus. Um, but I think what it is when you put them outside and you bring it in, it's that temperature change and the light change that triggers them to start setting bud. So you could see all the flower buds on this. I mean, there's just hundreds and on it. And they bloom at the very tips yep. of each stalk. Yeah, so definitely. So that's uh, fantastic how it does that. And you know, they're really easy care. It's another easy care house plant. Um, 
you want to make sure don't keep it as dry as a you know a spiny cactus because it's a more fleshy kind of cactus um, and especially when it has buds I think they would drop too fast when it's too dry so make sure that it's kind of kept a little bit of moist moisture in the soil when they're starting to bud um, and you'll have them bloom they're wonderful they'll get really big um, I was talking to a lady the other day she has her grandmother's Christmas cactus it must be 90 years old oh, wow. the same plant and so she was the designated heir <laughs> of the Christmas cactus so it's really one of those long-lived plants that um, you can enjoy and tell those stories every it's year a gift that keeps on giving yes yeah. definitely and we've had ours bloom at different times not just and at Christmas it happens, yeah. Yeah. so um, just depending on the, the circumstances with its exactly. light and yes yep. yes and and the, heat and yeah yep. um, yeah. it'll grow and the other thing too is that we've had branches snap off, off yeah and they easily re reestablish if you just stick them in the soil. Pretty easy. And this woman was telling me that she did take cuttings from her grandmother's plant because nobody else got the plant. And so everybody yeah. was very jealous. So she made cuttings and made plants for the rest of the family. Yeah, and they'll, mm -hmm. they'll just root out at those joints. Yep. Yeah, yeah so definitely. Excellent, excellent. Um, anything else as far as plants? Because there are a lot of plants that have uh, significance during the holidays, but don't really have I mean, we're talking about you know shooting star hydrangea. Oh yeah. You know, so those yep. are relatively new, and those can add to. They may not have a backstory, but they can add to yeah, that color. Yeah, of course. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, we've talked about you know, like the the hellebores or the you know the Lenten rose or right. the Christmas, Christmas rose. rose. Yes. Um, you know, different things that will be blooming at different times or camellias, the Yuletide camellia. Right. You know, so you'll you'll find a lot of plants out there that have, you know, those Christmas colors that are blooming that time of year, which are. Which are nice, but you know, like you said, you know, they don't have the history that dates right. dates back thousands, thousands yeah, of years. Which these all do. I mean, that's just amazing. All the history. It's yeah. it's incredible. And it, they're great gifts. I'm mm -hmm. when I, I worked at a local TV station, uh, KPTV here in Portland, and for years we would send wreaths as client gifts wow. to our clients because they're such a wel welcome gift. I mean, right. you can always find a place for a wreath. You yeah. can always find a place for a poinsettia or. Uh, amaryllis or a Christmas cactus. Definitely. So think of it as a Christmas. Yeah, cactus. I've, I've spent many many years shipping shipping wreaths to family members mm -hmm. throughout the United States that just don't have access to. You know, we get so spoiled here oh, in the Northwest do. because we mm -hmm. grow so much of this, and we're surrounded by it, that. You know, people down in. You know, That's my father-in-law yeah. was in Nevada. Oh, sure. Yeah. Would love to get oh. it a wreath every year and he'd hang it on his, with pride because everything is just so brown and desolate <laughs> yeah. that right, just right. doesn't have it. So it does make a really nice gift to that. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and, and there's a certain smell to Christmas and mm -hmm. all, a lot of these plants will bring that smell inside. So um, we hope you enjoyed uh, our little trip uh, through history, history as yep. we talked about the um, heritage of these Christmas plants. And really when you get them, enjoy them with family. That's the, the key, yeah. um, the, having the plants signify the time of year and the time of year is a celebration so celebrate with yeah. your family and friends thank you so much for uh, watching the the podcast if you watch or listening if you listen thanks again to capital subaru and salem for sponsoring us and um we just hope you have a wonderful holiday season and happy gardening <laughs>
We offer a great selection of Subarus, an industry-leading service center that keeps you moving, and so much more. And right now, during the Subaru Share the Love event, Subaru will donate $250 for every new Subaru vehicle sold or leased from November 17th through January 3rd. Feel great about your new Subaru and be a part of something special this holiday season. It's always your time at Capital Subaru, your way on the parkway.